Imagine with me a tale as old as time. It's Christmas morning, and you are so excited. You have been waiting all year for your parents to get you the thing, the brand new insert whatever here, right? You've been pining over this thing for what feels like your entire life at this moment. So long that like all of your friends, they've either beaten the game, read the book, seen the movie, whatever it is, they have moved on to the next big thing, but not you. No, 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 no. You know. You know that this thing is going to change your life. It's going to be bigger than your wildest imaginations. Forever from this moment on, you're a different person because you get this thing. And amidst the hustle and all the bustle of all the gifts being opened up and the wrapping paper being thrown in the air and the other gifts that you get and the other gifts that other people get, you, you start to really wonder if your parents remembered to do their job. Did they get you the thing? You are so rightly owed this thing. Did they get it for you? You've earned it, right? You deserve this thing. And so the last present gets opened. I don't know how they do things at your house, but maybe it's it's oldest to youngest, right? And the last present gets opened and you're like, where is it? Where's Where's the thing? It's not the thing. It's a thing. Sure, but it's not the thing. It's even something that somebody else got you that you asked for. And you forgot you even asked for it. We should be happy about these things. About receiving gifts. Because even around Christmas time, this isn't something that everybody gets a chance to experience. But you are so locked into your You're self-loathing because you didn't get the thing that you wanted. I have been there on numerous occasions, consumed by my own desires that I'm completely unable to appreciate anything that is being given to me, the gifts that I'm actually being blessed with. And I'm also willing to bet that you can identify with that little parable that I told, that you can find yourself in some way, shape, or form in that story. Maybe it was a birthday party for you. Uh, Maybe it was the first play that you were a part of if you're in drama or maybe even a graduation or, you know, heaven forbid your wedding. We are so very good at being selfish, even when people are actively celebrating us. Now, this particular Bible thump happens to be releasing around Thanksgiving. The holiday itself, I completely understand, is riddled with issues of colonialism and malicious intent. But the spirit of what this day has come to mean outside of its historical context is one that I think we can all kind of agree is togetherness and joy. And true joy is what we're talking about here as opposed to just happiness. You see, joy is something that persists through our circumstances. And Paul, in the Bible, Paul even tells us that he counts all of his loss as joy because of his particular understanding and perspective on the world. Happiness is something completely different. It's it's fleeting. It's here one minute, we're happy, and in the very next moment, we are sad, and we have to be brought up out of the muck of our own lives. But joy, joy is something that 
is with us even when we grieve. Joy allows us to, to long for a lost loved one while still having hope for the future. Joy brings us comfort when we didn't get the promotion because maybe, just maybe, there's something better for us on the horizon. And joy even shows us avenues of relationship with people who have very deeply wronged us. I truly believe that joy is the key component in you and I getting outside of ourselves and becoming true givers of thanks. Finding the good and being able to recognize that and express it in our lives. It's interesting to me um, with Thanksgiving how like we can sit at a table and eat dinner with people that we know are an absolute hot mess. I don't know about you. I watched a show called The Bear on FX. Absolutely gnarly. And there is a an episode of The Bear of a family dinner. And I think that that is what it's like for some people. We, we come into those moments hoping that things will be different, knowing that that meal is not really going to go any different than any other meal that has ever happened that year because that's about how they all go. Some of us avoid those moments like the plague, but some of us lean into those moments with a little bit of hope. We either find ourselves leaning into the quote-unquote holiday spirit or leaning out of it. So maybe this year you're thinking to yourself, hey, maybe maybe this is the year that I bury the hatchet with my mother-in-law. And I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, from a very personal place in my life, being absolutely raw with you in this moment, you should bury that hatchet. I know that God is a God of forgiveness and restoration. And I don't know who needs to hear this today. But if it's your mother-in-law, your brother, your father, anybody in your family, bear the hatchet. It's time. It's in those moments when, when we can understand joy, even in a little bit, like even in part, that it helps us to become givers of thanks. It really does. I don't know about you, but, but I tend to focus way too much on the things that I think that I need or want far more than the stuff that I actually have. It's this idea of the grass is always greener on the other side or a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush, whatever saying that you want to go with. That kind of mentality is driven by happiness when the things that bring us joy actually are far more important yet take up so much less of our time. So whether it's a loss of a loved one, a breakup, missing out on a promotion, friends not remembering something that you really wish that they would. I encourage you, set your mind on things that are above and dwell on the things that are good and beautiful. Think about those things. Let those thoughts be the ones that fill your mind and occupy your headspace. I promise you, you're going to be a lot better because of that. Find joy in your contentment, in the things that you have. Not worrying and being covetous and, and wanting the things that other people have, but finding joy in your contentment and rest easy in the things that you already have and the places that God has you in this season. Jeremiah 29.11 is probably one of the most overused and under-contextualized scriptures that I think I ever hear. 
seems to be the one that's used as as a promise that God has something good planned for you and for me and for his people. But what never seems to be talked about, and this really just blows my mind, are all of the things that his people had to deal with leading up to the point where they finally got to that famous verse 11. You see, they were exiled in Babylon, a foreign land under Nebuchadnezzar, and it was bad. This is where we we get the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and the fourth person in the fire. It was very bad. Daniel was not having a good time. Babylon, not a happy place to be. But this is where God's people found themselves in exile because of a lot of other stuff that happened leading up to this point. I say all the time, we are a sum of the moments that have led up to this moment right now. And the Israelites were no different in that moment. Their prophets and their holy people were fake. They were phony. God says, they're doing this stuff in my name and I did not send them. But it's in that moment that God says, that this is coming to an end. It's that old that old Google advertisement that says it gets better. So I'm going to look at a couple of passages real quick from the Bible for just a second, right? To help us kind of support the claim that I'm making that joy really props up Thanksgiving. It helps us to find the good and the pure and the beautiful in the world and helps us to celebrate that. And if you're new to this Jesus thing, I want to take just a quick second to help you understand. Maybe you've been wondering why do they talk about the Bible? Why do Christians always talk about the Bible? It's just this book. It's this old, dusty book. Well, I want to let you know that for us as Christians, the Bible is not just a book of things that have happened. It is a living, breathing, and active word. And it's it's happening right now to us. It's a, it's a sacred book to us, not because of the people that wrote it, but because This is the very heart of our God. This is him helping us to understand what he wants us to do and even the why behind we do these things. Simply put, it's a love letter. And in the same way that you or I would read over letters that a a spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, friend, family member have sent us, in doing that, it draws us closer to them. It connects us a little bit more each time we read them. And the same is true with Jesus. This actually strengthens our bond between us and our Savior. So let's take a look at a few passages from the Bible that kind of help us understand how joy gives way to thanksgiving. So we're going to look at that Jeremiah 29.11 now that we have the context of all of the stuff, the hardships that they're actually going through. They're not free in this land. Everything that they knew and they loved was taken from them. But picking up in 29, verse 11 of Jeremiah, it says this, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope, and then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart. I will be found by you declares the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I have driven you, declares the Lord. I will bring you back to the place from where I sent you into exile. 
Life is not always going to be easy or bubbly like we like it. But God has a bigger plan for you and for me, and we have to trust his process. And if that's tough for you, if it's difficult, I get it. I do. It is not always easy for me. But God says that he does have a plan, and it is so much bigger and better than anything that you or I could imagine for ourselves. John 16, 33 says this, These things I have spoken to you, so that in me you may have peace. I love this right here. In this world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. All of the stuff that you and I go through that we think is insurmountable, Jesus says, don't worry, I got you. The last thing I want to leave you with is this. If there's nothing else that you can find to give thanks in, the day alone is enough, I promise you that it is, to thank God. This is when I find myself saying out loud a lot. It's Psalm 118, 24. It says, this is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So if you are able to, I encourage you, nerd, go outside and touch some grass. See the things in life that is good and what a gift it is from our creator. When we can learn, you and I, to strip away all the things that weigh us down, whether it's friends or the world or anything like that, anything outside of God that is trying to bring us down. It's in those moments that we can give thanks, not because we have to, but because we are legitimately left with no other acceptable expression than that of gratitude to our God and our Savior, the creator of the universe that loves us so much that he would send his son to die for us so that you and I would have the opportunity to choose to spend forever in the best place that we can never imagine. And if no one else tells you this, just remember it's true. Jesus loves you, nerd.